Tim, on episode 23 of Assassin Mentor Podcast, we're going to recap week four of the NFL. going to preview week number five. And on this week's edition of What's in My Cup, it's an IPA twofer again. One from Charleston, South Carolina, and the other one from Hartford, Connecticut. I see what you're doing. You're trying to drink every IPA and, uh, and sour beer you can get in Connecticut, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Tim, you know you can tell all your friends to find Stats of Matter wherever they get their podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, uh, the World Wide Web. And, and But you know what? While they're at it, why don't you just tell them to ask them to follow us on, on the socials too, at Stats Podcast on Twitter and at Stats Don't Matter on Instagram. Now, let's get into this damn show. Let's go. Let's go. This is obviously the first show of the week. This is where we're going to recap all of the NFL happenings from week four. Um, we're going to quick rundown of all the games we watched, what we took away from those, and then we'll get into what we think our predictions will be for or things to look for going into the week. Uh, to start it off, I got Ravens and the uh, football team. Uh, last week I said Ravens are going to continue to be the favorites until they prove otherwise and uh that's still the case Ravens just doing Ravens things again Jackson doing Jackson things again including uh, a 50 yard run first guy in a few years to do that in the quarterback position um he's got like two of those in his career which puts him at the top of the leaderboard for uh longest yards by a uh, quarterback I think it's just sort of their game to lose right now. I mean, they obviously lost to the Chiefs, but the Chiefs, you know, I think what's what's happening with both of, both of those teams is until you figure out a scheme to prevent them, you're just going to continue dominating. But as we've seen with the Chiefs, both against the Chargers and New England, there's some kinks in that armor there that are starting to get exposed a little bit that will tackle it. Uh, that we'll talk about a little bit down the road. Um, Lamar put up two touchdowns. He also gave up an interception. Uh, Haskins, who managed to put up 100, yard, 100 yards more, but had zero, zero passing touchdowns and just had one rushing touchdown, so he didn't have much to show for it. Uh, it's the Ravens train just steamrolling ahead, taking out anybody in their way pretty much until otherwise detailed. Yeah, I had Steelers Titans, but we know that game got postponed because uh, I don't know if the Titans decided to go downtown and go to Tootsie's and Dick's Last Resort and Coyote Ugly, but somehow they got a whole bunch of coronavirus tests and they actually just coming off a week of consecutive positive tests. They actually just had their second day of negative tests for everyone. So this game didn't even get played. It's going to get postponed later on. So I got nothing to say for that. Uh, Chargers Bucks, TV 12. Getting it done again this week. Lots of memes went out. Just kidding. Not a lot. NFL apparently is completely unoriginal in its fandom and meme generation because almost everyone on Twitter had some sort of meme comparing him to Jameis Winston um, because he threw another pick six. It's the most he's thrown in a single season in quite a long time. But he put up five touchdowns. Like, there's a little bit difference. There's a little difference between what he's able to do versus what Winston was able to do. Um, not only did he throw five touchdowns, he also threw them to five different receivers. So he's not a guy who's throwing them to the same guy. Every time he doesn't have his quote unquote weapon, which you tend to see a lot of quarterbacks uh, have in the league. So 
it's a little it's good to see him moving to florida didn't really remove the microscope or the spotlight from all of his gameplay because every time he has a mistake the whole world knows about it but lamar threw up uh his own interception this weekend mahomes had two that should have been easy interceptions that were dropped and one that was technically a fumble or an interception that you know we'll get into that a little bit later but those we're not worrying about but the man still went up and put up massive yards put up five touchdowns he was super accurate he was 30 or 46 so not exactly went to the numbers another good game by brady another sort of step in the right direction for feeling out that team and that offense they're moving in the right direction uh herbert put up a, another good game 290 yards he only missed five of his attempts so i mean that's pretty spectacular out of a rookie quarterback in fact i think even though they lost this game just his performance sort of propels him above the burrows and the other guys in his rookie class as far as the power ranking kind of bumps him a little further up that list so he's one to keep an eye on i think he's gonna have some good talent i think the chargers as we saw against the chiefs i think they have a pretty decent team um that you know bucks just there's no stopping them that comeback was it was you know inevitable once you saw brady get that you know look in his eyes that he's gotten a million other times you know they were sort of in trouble but if he can continue to grow comparatively to the other rookie quarterbacks in the league i think he's got a a, a solid chance so another good win for the bucks another good effort by the chargers but tb12 moving on yes indeed a look that we've seen hundreds of times and if you just it's just it's one of those things if you manage to open the door Brady doesn't like stick his foot in. He just kicks like a Clydesdale. Like, guys, you know better than this. But anyways, all right. Uh, Seahawks, Dolphins. I said 28-21 Seattle, and the final score was 31-23. Russ threw a pick at the goal line on a slant. Stop me if you've seen that before. Oh, wait, it's a Super Bowl play, and it just keeps rearing its ugly head. Take that play out of the playbook. Throw back. I never want to see it again. Throw a goal line slant on the other side of the field or, like, on the five-yard line. This is killing me. But – he just continued. He threw more touchdowns. The defense made some plays. They didn't even have Jamal Adams. Shout out to Shaquille Griffin and Ryan Neal. Neal has back-to-back picks uh, in games. And this is a guy that was in a practice squad. People didn't think he was even going to make it this year to the team. Now, Seahawks are 4-0. The last time they did this in 2013, they went to the big game and they won the whole goddamn thing. And look, they weren't so good on third down, okay, 4 for 10. And they didn't even convert on their fourth down attempt. But Russ played absolute football, even with the pick. And I love seeing this from Seattle. Oh, you got a pick? Psh, whatever. Cool. I'll go I'll go throw four more touchdowns. He had long bombs to David Moore and to Kalen Metcalf, who is obviously no worse from the wear for letting a Dallas Cowboy punch a would-be touchdown out of his hands. This team is playing great football right now. This is not Seattle Seahawks football that I'm used to seeing, which is we keep it close and then we win maybe in the fourth quarter by one score. I like when they get the turnovers. In the past, they would have scored a field goal. They would have just gone down and just kicked the field goal. Just go ahead by, by three, four points. No. Now they're going down. They're just going for the jugular. They're getting touchdowns. This is the Seattle football we want to see. Vikings, Texans. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. So the Texans lose a football game. Again? Yeah. But this time to a team that hadn't won its first three games. So this one is even worse than the the other losses, All of all of the other losses. Uh, Cousins made all the right plays in the air. It only took him uh, 16 passes with receivers to total a 260-yard output and a touchdown, but Dalvin Cook is really the story in this game. 
146 yards, 130 of those coming on the ground. It was insane. He just, nothing could stop the man. Uh, Watson had another decent outing, but another game, the Texans offense just, I mean, they just can't capitalize. Whenever they go in and he has any sort of production, they can't seem to put points on the board. So he puts up these gaudy 200, 300-yard games, but there's just nothing to show for it at the end of it. And the finger pointing has already begun. A lot of fans are looking at Watson, wondering what happened between last year and this year. There's like a a 17 or 15 point difference before his between his passer rating for last year and this year. Obviously, some of that has to do with some of the trades that were made with Hopkins being offloaded. Uh, but as everybody knows by now, Bill O'Brien did get the boot. Um, kind of wonder i mean obviously everything sort of falls on him they are pinning the entire trade on him for hawkins and uh johnson which as they should yeah i mean the gm is uh i feel like tends to be more responsible i don't know if the coach necessarily has the final he he was the gm oh yeah you're right all right take back everything i just said get that guy out of here (laughs) (laughs) well he's already gone they listened to you yeah, I mean, it, it it is tough to argue against because Hopkins is leading the league in receptions this year, and Johnson is averaging like 3.6, 3.7 yards a carry. So uh, well, you traded a league leader for a second-round pick and Johnson, and it's not quite panning out. So the writing was kind of on the wall when they lost those first few games. Um, I don't know. I I can't quite put my finger on what happened to Watson. You took away one of his biggest weapons, obviously, but as we've seen by some of the other teams we just talked about, it's not always about the weapons. It's about accuracy and and finding ways to make plays. So at some point, I mean, you're never going to bench him because you literally just paid the farm for him. So you are going to ride this out for at least a few years before anything happens there. So hopefully whoever they bring in, make a couple changes, bring in some talent to surround them. And then, uh, Hopefully some improvement, but I'm not seeing that this year. Ugh. Uh Saints Lions. We we thought the Saints maybe they're not that good. And uh look, the final score is 35 to 29, but don't let it fool you. This game was over midway through the third quarter. Uh if you read the box score, you might think it was Latavius Murray game because he had two TDs on the ground. But Kamara again had a rushing TD in the ground, 83 yards rushing, another th- almost 40 through the air. Raycon Smith caught both uh Drew Brees' passing touchdowns and even though Matt Stafford threw a trio of touchdowns and Adrian Peterson scored a rushing touchdown, um, it didn't really matter, right? Like the, the Lions were three for three on fourth down. And unfortunately, when you don't score a single point in the second quarter and your defense gives up 21 unanswered, it's going to be tough sledding no matter what you do. Um, is the dual running game approach going to be what the Saints do going forward? They seem to have success with it. Is Michael Thomas ever going to recover from his high angle sprain? All this and more on next week's episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Who knows? How old is Adrian Peterson right now? Like 100? And 36. 136. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Browns, Cowboys, Dallas. What the hell Dallas is going Unbelievable. on Unbelievable. Right you let Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns do like that. Just completely dry, no lube. No chance, just bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Baker, seriously, 
seriously, Baker Mayfield only had 165 yards. He had two touchdowns. That's only one more touchdown than Jarvis Landry threw. You got smoked by who knows where these points came from because the offensive points, uh, it like the the production just wasn't there. It was all turnovers, unfortunately. That's that's ultimately what it ended up being. But you let Odell Beckham Jr. run for seventy three yards. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. ran for seventy three yards. That's insane. And he had another eighty one in the uh, eighty one in the air, and he had two touchdowns. I just don't understand. Like Dak has to be looking at this situation now like a little bit differently. Coming into the season, I thought it would be a little bit motivated to try and get a deal done, try and get some output going to make moves to try and get, you know, big money, but he's up there with Matt Ryan right now asking himself and his team like what does he have to do to put up a win? He put up 500 yards, he had four touchdowns, and it still wasn't enough. He copped it up twice. Uh he copped it up on two different occasions. Brady coughed it up, Lamar coughed it up. Like we said, Mahomes almost coughed it up, and their team still found ways to keep them in the game. I know the Patriots lost, but anyway, it's unreal. Like, what this guy is doing every single week puts him in the conversation with one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, and he has nothing to show for it because his team can't do anything with it. So he... You have to wonder if he's now thinking like, you know what, hold up, fam. Maybe don't re-sign me. Maybe it's time to get the hell out of here. So this may ultimately Ooh, end up being wait. a blessing in disguise. We got a couple teams who are gonna be looking for some quarterbacks at the end of this season. Um maybe Dak just says, you know, the hell with this, I'm out of here. And then, you know, something something has to change there. I know this season seems to be more offensively explosive comparative to other seasons. Like how many 30, 40, 50 point games have we seen this season? Like I, I want to say like 10 to 12 already. And we are in going into week five. Everybody is just putting up massive numbers, including the Cowboys. And the Browns are too. You let the Browns put up 48 points. That's what, what? That's not the Baker Mayfield. I know. Well, Actually, I stand corrected. That is the Baker Mayfield I know because the man didn't put up anything for points or anything for for yardage, defensive turnovers, all that sort of stuff, capitalizing on turnovers, yada, yada, yada. But damn, Dallas. I mean, come on, Dan Dupuis, give the guys a call. Please, please (laughs) make it make sense for the rest of us. Put, put the bat signal up for Dallas. All right, Jags, Bengals. Look, I said it, I, it. It pained me to say it last week. I said I'm going with the mustache because I hope the inverse curse worked. And it worked. You're welcome, Bengals fans. It worked. <laughs> field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Field goal, field goal, field goal. That was the Bengals scoring. Isn't it amazing what happens when you go for touchdowns? You lean on the ground game a little bit and let Joey B just toss the pigskin around just a tiny little bit, okay? Stop me if you heard us before. What should be the name of this episode? Because we said it like three times already. Um, <laughs> AJ Green left this game with an injury. Huh, lay shock. Uh, but your boy started mixing in fantasy, and it was his probable best game of the season. Two rushing touchdowns, 151 yards on 25 attempts, and a receiving TD off six receptions for additional 30 yards. Okay. Burrow gets his first W in this league, and I'm stoked for him. Okay. Now, look at this. Over the last four games, Burrow's yards per attempt, 
has increased from 5.4 on opening day to 8.3 last game. That says to me that the team is they're, they're, they're course correcting. They're getting better. They're getting better. Hallelujah. Let the Tiger King get a little baby roar going. And for that listener on this uh, on this podcast, who I also in a fantasy league with, whose whose name on his fantasy team is Stats Do Matter, and who is currently below me in the standings, I would remind you again, since you listen to the Stats Don't Matter podcast, that Stats Don't Matter. And even though you love Burrow, you might want to start Brady from now on. And that's all I'll say about that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nate went all the way out. And changed his fantasy name to Stats Do Matter? No, 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 not Nate. Um, oh, another, <laughs> another friend of ours. Yeah, another friend of ours who oh. listens to the podcast. Yeah, he's he's a long, he's a natty, natty born bred guy. He mm-hmm. he loves the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, hey, you know, in our next episode, we need to go ahead and give the little Cincinnati Reds a postseason send off. So we're talking all this trash, and I I thought for sure if you're gonna name yourself Stats Do Matter in the league, it's not gonna work well for you. I mean, we have a podcast built about it, but that's a that's a no. So, Nick, shout out to you. Uh, you're getting everything you work for, buddy. Mm. <laughs> Good for you, Nick. Also, I hate you, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Keep listening, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. That's the matter. Twitter. Uh, Colts and Bears. This one was probably the snooze fest of the weekend. Uh, I came into it with some high hopes for Foles, but I understood he might need a week or two to get adjusted, get back into his like 28th starting role. I think he's been on like what seven teams, eight teams, uh, but it definitely was not his best body of work. He only completed maybe 50 percent of his passes, uh, and he gave up a interception. And it was a slow weekend all around for the offense. This is the most staggering statistic of the weekend. They just couldn't get get the game, the ground game going. The entire team combined finished for 28 yards to eight. Rivers didn't fare. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't awesome. Rivers didn't fare that much better. He completed just barely over 50%, and he only had one touchdown the entire game. But I just can't get over that number 28 points the Colts do rank fourth in the league against the run but damn like if you're going to make it at all competitive you have to get somebody at least up there and of those numbers it was like 27 five and then two guys with negative yardage like it was just the whole thing was ugly it just you got to do a little bit more to give Foles an opportunity to start feeling out his receiving core because if he can't get the ground game running, all of it collapses because you have no way to humble a defense. They're just going to cover everybody. So not a great outing for either one of those. My you know thumbs down for the weekend game. Fell asleep during part of it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> remember when uh, Khalil Mack was supposed to make that, that football team exciting well, yeah, how about that yeah put Mitch back in just kidding don't don't want that no don't don't ever do that yeah sorry sorry, sorry Bears fans we gave him the honest effort we gave him the college try I don't know if Foles is a better option but you need a different option I mean this is like the third time they've tried to get that guy motivated uh I just I just don't think that's it Dak might be free next year. Woo, that would be absolutely insane, but I, I would push for it. That would be great. Uh, Cardinals, 
Panthers. We said that the Panthers are going to get a little thrash. I said that. Uh, look, it didn't happen. It's not time to freak out about the Cardinals, okay? But maybe, just maybe, what David Tepper and Matt Rule are cooking up in South Kakalaki is, is going to work out. Kyle Murray had three passing TDs, one per each quarter, and he did nothing in the first. Robbie Anderson, long ballyhooed as a deep threat only and off injured from the New York Jets, is averaging 13 yards per reception over the first four games. Like, there are people I'm losing to in fantasy who are starting Robbie Anderson. This is this is bananas. I, I I never saw this happening, right? But this is just another example of chronic mismanagement by teams in the Big Apple and not in South Kakalaki. So things are things are fine. They're going to be fine. The Cardinals were only thirty three percent on third downs, and the Panthers were sixty three percent. That's not a that's not a lie. I looked it up. That is crazy. The Mike Davis Roadshow continues, and man, this offense might really start getting trucking and win some games that they're not favored to win once Christian McCaffrey comes back from the high ankle sprain, because right now they don't seem to be missing too much of a beat. Now, some, some not so good things for Arizona. Murray was the rushing leader. He nearly doubled that of Kenyon Drake and he coughed up a fumble as well. Hopkins has seven receptions on nine targets, but he only had 41 yards to show for it. It's time to go back into the playbook, Cliff Kingsbury and start getting creative because if you want the Cardinals to bust out in one of the toughest divisions in football, you're going to have to do that. Giants Rams, uh, another snooze fest for this one. This one's a little weird. I mean, Giants, it, it's not weird because the Giants lost again and they're just going to continue to lose because that's what New York does. Uh, at least New York football. Um, outside of Buffalo, anyway. But Goff did okay. Jones definitely wasn't awesome. No touchdowns. He had an interception and a fumble. Uh, it's the trend for the Giants will probably continue likely for the rest of the season. A big portion of their run game is gone. They were kind of struggling to find their own identity anyway. So pretty bleak outlook for those guys. It's going to be you know pretty depressing for guys who were big fans of Jones thinking this is going to be his breakout season. Uh, not so much. Um, but what's weird to me is that the Rams are now three and one. But something doesn't pass the eye test because when you watch them, their offense isn't what you were expecting them to be, even though they rank middle of the pack to high end. Like, they average, I mean, they're seventh in yards per game and they're 14th in points per game. But when you watch their games, it doesn't seem like the output is there. There are a lot of games where you expect them to go in. I thought this was going to be just a complete blowout, and it wasn't. So. They're one of those teams that continues to, you know, almost compete with the team that they're playing against, but at no point do they generate any major separation, which is kind of what you expected off of the last two seasons to continue to happen, and it's just not there. Now, obviously, they're still winning, so that's not a huge deal, but they're one of those teams where every single week, I'm not necessarily sure how I feel about them. It's strictly going to be matchup based where if you look at other teams, like obviously the Ravens, obviously the chiefs, uh, but you know, teams that are more realistic, like the Patriots where you're like, okay, I expect them to go in and win week in and week out. Cause that's what they've been doing. The saints, you did expect that in the beginning of the season, but obviously that's not the same anymore. And they're, they're up in the air. And I feel like, the Rams are in that same boat where they're getting wins. They've only lost once, but every week doesn't feel comfortable. Every single game, you're like, 
they're like one turnover away from blowing some of these games because there's just not a lot of output. But something about it, I mean, I like Goff. I think he's a a great quarterback. I would, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call him elite, but I would put him, you know, maybe 10th, 11th on that list, maybe even a little higher than that. But for whatever reason, they haven't found themselves enough to make me comfortable going into every single week. So this one, I expect them to do a little bit more damage against the Giants. They didn't, which is kind of kind of strange for me. I think it's a little telling for what to expect in them going going forward. And that division in the NFC West pick that you said, <clears throat> which is probably going to be false. But anyways, we're moving on. Uh, Bills Raiders. <laughs> we said the Bills are just going to grind it out against the Raiders. And that's exactly what they did. Okay, Josh Allen, two passing touchdowns, another rushing one on the ground. Devin Singletary got in on the rushing fun, had a TD as well. Look, Stefan Diggs looks like he's finally with a quarterback who's going to get him the ball either in space, down the field, wherever it is. Um, and he's obviously going to be the true focal point of their passing attack going forward. And if not, Cole Beasley is just like, – he's just dependable. He just seems to show up. Now, this is the wildest thing. Let me, let me hit you with some stats that don't matter about the Raiders. Derek Carr, zero interceptions this season. Derek Carr, 73% completion of his passes. But Derek Carr, yards per attempt – 7.6. That's lower than Joe Burrows. So those are not lies. And maybe what Gruden has found early on in the season is that you got to go ahead and just, you got to be smash mouth when you run the football, but you also have to be aggressive and push the ball down the field. And that's what I think needs to happen here. You got to adopt some more play action plays and just really start incorporating some bombs because I think the TDs are going to follow. You can't have Darren Waller not show up for an entire game against the Patriots and then just hope you're going to get right on track next week. Now the Raiders have coughed up four fumbles in the first four games, and they've lost two of them. That is not a good trend you want to have going forward in the, the AFC West because you face the Chiefs. So you got to fix that. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're an opposing team, all you have to worry about is covering your guys up to like eight yards, and you're fine. You got you to expose the threat, which is something we're going to talk about here in a second with the Patriots and the Chiefs. Uh, Did they win that game? You said it was going to be close, but they were going to pull out a win. You're right, and then COVID happened, and then the weird travel schedules <laughs> happened, and we lost our starting oh, blame quarterback. Blame the COVID. Blame the COVID. Okay. Next I mean, man up. Do your job. I mean, da, da, da. COVID did knock out their starting quarterback and left oh. us with Brian Hoyer and Ryan Stidham. Uh, and we were literally one terrible game management decision away from having that game tied going into the half. Uh, we were also one drop pick away from having the lead going to the half. But that game was just a weird game. I said last week I trusted Bill Belichick and his ability to game plan against the Chiefs because they've already done it on more than one occasion. They kept the Super Bowl interesting. I mean, they kept every time they go up against them, they keep it interesting. That game was interesting until you started giving the Patriots quarterbacks the football. And then everything went downhill because uh, Brian Hoyer is just a terrible game. Man, he has zero awareness. He he was making plays and putting them in positions to win and then coughing up that chance just as easily. I mean, you can kind of say, okay, you thought you had a timeout. That's still, that's terrible awareness because you didn't. To take a sack that 
not only that deep because you literally booked it. All you had to do was just chuck it out of bounds. You kick a field goal, you go in tied, and you get the ball back. That momentum can make a difference. You deflated your team going into it. But man, that fumble in the red zone and then the interceptions that he had. And then you bring in Stidham, who everyone had high hopes for. And I'm not necessarily going to put it all on him. That's a big moment to put your rookie in to try and squeak out a win. Romo had a sort of great analogy when he was listening to him, where or when he was watching him, he was like, just watch his mouth. He's going to lick his lips like a hundred times because right now, his heart is racing a million miles an hour. He's going to feel like he has cotton mouth. He can't catch his breath because he's been working his entire life up to this, and now he's in this huge moment. And he was, and unfortunately, he he did sort of collapse a little bit under that pressure. Some of it may have been play calling. Some of it were just bad throws. That first interception he threw uh, was just underthrown, and it was into good coverage. That was just a, a, a bad decision. Obviously, he'll get better with that. I mean, Cam should be back next week, so it's not something we're about. But if Cam Newton was in that game, the the Patriots would have won that game. We turned over the ball so many times in situations where we should have gotten points out of that that I I think we should have won that game by at least two touchdowns, ten points to two touchdowns or more because we had many opportunities. We also barely barely missed some pretty crazy turnovers we had two interceptions that should have been interceptions that were dropped like in and out of the hands they were just it was great coverage it was uh great awareness to get in front of the ball but you dropped it but then like i'm not going to get into the conspiracy side of things because it's it's conspiracy here it comes nah, here it comes nah, it's it's hogwash i just think the refing is really bad this year just across the board and it was really really bad in this game you had um, the tackling out of bounds on Mahomes where literally they were running and his hands were on him and then Mahomes slipped and went down and that was it. You had, um, there was another passing interference call where he, he had his hands around the jersey, but the the tight end slipped, Kelsey slipped, and that was called a, a passing interference call even though, like, yeah, he had his jersey, whatever. But that didn't cause him to slip. He slipped on his own. You had that interception or fumble recovery, whatever you want to call it, that was called it was blown dead because it was uh in the grasp. Yep. He called he they called it uh uh an incomplete pass. I've never seen an incomplete pass that landed in another player's hands before it went anywhere else. Uh so that's obviously still not the right call. Great awareness by the Chiefs to get up and, and, and punt the ball, but um it, yeah, it was just you know who doesn't feel bad for you there? Every single Jacksonville Jaguars fan in the AFC Championship game a couple years ago where mm-hmm. uh, Miles Jack was not touched down and they wiped that. That was a makeup call. You know what that was, right? That was a makeup call for like two, three years ago. You're going to have to get over it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm not. Whatever. I, I'm saying there are lots of opportunities that both the Patriots had control over and didn't have control over that they had to fight against. But if we had Cam Newton in that game, I am 100% confident that we would have not only won that game, but we probably would have won it pretty soundly. So I, it, it's tough going into that for the Chiefs because, you know, if the Patriots make it to the playoffs, obviously that's going to be the matchup. Um, 
and we're going to get Cam versus Mahomes. So that, yeah, that's, that's and you're good. not going to be able to game plan against that the same way. Belichick obviously has your number. You didn't get to see the starting quarterback and game plan against that. So it'll be interesting going down the road. I think the Pats should have had that game. Um, I mean, you lose your starting quarterback. Your uh, one of your star running backs is also out. It's tough week for all that stuff to happen, but they did make it competitive. It goes to show Belichick and literally game. He's been winning football for twenty plus years. He can game plan against anybody with anybody on his team. Obviously. If turnovers happen, you can't help that. But man, it was a it was a better game than I was expecting. Oh, sorry, I just checked my mailbox. There's no sympathy votes for you in there. Absentee vote. So it is what it is. Go register to vote. Go register to vote, everyone. Come on. Hey, it's one of those losses, though. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Tank for Trevor. It's in the books. (laughs) (laughs) You were drinking beer when I said that shit, so you couldn't do anything about it. All right, Sunday night football. Uh, Niners Eagles. I said, there's no way. Eagles win this game, and holy shit, the Eagles beat a third-string quarterback for the Niners who gave up two picks. So are they good? Uh, <laughs> look, we're not really sure, but Doug Peterson did get a buck, did get a bit of Carson Wentz magic uh, in this one, and it was desperately needed, okay? The game was comically bad for the Niners, yeah. uh, not with just, like, <laughs> reffing calls, but just the fact that, like, you started two QBs in relief of Jimmy G. Um, you opened it up. You threw some picks. Uh, you're going to have to limit some of the schemes going forward, but one touchdown in the first and one touchdown in the third and a couple of field goals is not going to be enough to win you most football games when you're starting your second and third string quarterbacks. It's just not. Yep. Um, and I was a little shocked to see Shanahan go deep, like, you know, in that, in that play calling, and then that's what ended up happening. Um, Doug Peterson came out, scored on on one of their, their, their drives in the first quarter, and they went for two. And everyone's like, why did you do that? They end up winning the game by five points, which is a field goal plus two. Did Peterson know something we didn't? Like, is are the are are the Eagles going to turn around? We don't know. But I will say this to the Niners: Listen up. Against teams like the Rams and the Seahawks, Seahawks are on fire right now. Rams are in a bit of a slump, but they're going to figure it out. You're going to need to scheme and put more points up. So if you want to be repeat NFC West champions, you cannot lose to the Eagles. You just can't. You need to take whoever it is you have out there. Do your job mantra, scheme up, you know, 300 yards rushing and go for it. And that didn't happen. And I was like, honestly shocked. (laughs) The entire time watching the game, I was like, I don't know if I should be mortified or pissed. And I was more leaning towards pissed than I was mortified. So we will see what happens going forward. But Sunday Night Football wasn't actually a snoozer. No, not bad. Although I I see everyone celebrating right now the – Eagles being first in their division, but let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. They're they're one, two, and one. That's hey, just how bad that division hey, is. They're division leading because they don't have three losses like the Cowboys do. <laughs> All right, Falcons Packers. Uh, we said on this podcast, and it, it pains me to say this as a Seattle fan. But go, Pack, go. Uh, and literally, I needed so many points out of Atlanta receivers and their quarterbacks, and I got nothing from them, absolutely nothing. Julio leaves the hamstring injury. Aaron Jones gets another touchdown. The Packers in their second year underneath Matt Fleur are actually looking good. And Rodgers even said on a podcast today, like, you know, people are always like, you know, boohooing me for having down years, but my down years are other quarterbacks, like career years. I don't want this. Aaron Rodgers in the league right now. I don't need him to have a defense. I don't need him to have 
Robert Tonyan getting three passing touchdowns and being on the waiver wire because that didn't help me after I started Alan Lazard in fantasy. God damn it. I don't need any of this. I need a Packers team that is going to be Mike McCarthy Packers. You're going to win some games. You're going to lose some games. And I'm not happy about the fact that as quickly as Russell Wilson ascended to the top of the MVP rankings, Mr. Aaron freaking Rodgers just decided to come in there, throw three touchdowns to an undrafted tight end, and all of a sudden everyone's like, well, maybe Aaron is the MVP. Get off of that for like two seconds. But they're both undefeated, so we're going to have to see what happens here. Look, the Falcons need to start winning football games. There's going to be massive regime change there. I'm telling you what. And everyone who said that the Packers were going to have a down year, just go ahead and just throw yourself on the sword right now and just admit that you were wrong. They would have to lose so many more games in a row, which just doesn't seem possible, given that they play in the NFC North, that if you said Aaron is going to regress this year, just kill the crow, eat it. You got nothing else. I'm I'm one of those guys, and I, I am on th- that side now. Looking over, being like, "Damn, I I'm I'm glad to see him doing well. I think the league is more fun with him in it. Um, it is impressive what he's doing, and yeah, he's got to be. I I don't necessarily put him up there with the MVP conversation like some people might be suggesting, but I definitely, uh, I definitely think he's you know obviously still elite quarterback status i never realized how arrogant he was until he started making some of these comments about oh he's always been that way he's always been that way like he was always like that good guy and then you know some of his dating stuff came out and you're like oh maybe 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 not so much but objection your honor leading the witness it doesn't matter whatever whatever he's doing is working very well and maybe i could be wrong i thought he was a little banged up uh, if he holds on to that another couple of years, yeah, he's up there. I mean, the Brady Rogers conversation lives on if he continues this up for another few years. All right, Thursday night football in week five starts off with the Bears and the Buccaneers. And you know what? Uh, after the first couple weeks, I was not looking forward to this game, and now I'm looking forward to this game. But let me tell you what's going to happen Tom is going to get a Super Bowl revenge against Nick Foles, it is going to be a shootout. You can't expect the Bears to just only come up with 28 total yards. They're going to find ways to scheme open. Frank Reich used to be in Philadelphia. He knows Nick Foles in and out. And he even said this week, look, I told my team, this is exactly what you need to do as Nick Foles, and it worked. So hopefully Nick doesn't take all the things that he did last week and bring it into this week. I do think this is going to be one of those like 35-30 kind of games. I don't think Brady now even cares about the pick six thing because he's thrown six of them. He doesn't give a shit because he just continues to throw touchdowns to everyone. And now that the Buccaneers have a tight end that Torres Achilles and he's out, we're going to see some more Gronk. It's going to happen. So Thursday night football, going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I got Rams and football team. How do you get the football team in back-to-back weeks? This is crazy. (laughs) Don't know, man. Uh, But like I said before, the Rams are one of those teams that for me doesn't always pass the eyeball test and tend to play maybe towards the level of their opponents, um, obviously enough to, to beat them. But they're 3-1, going up against Washington, 1-3. Haskins is still struggling and on a short leash now. Um, I, I think this one's an easy one with the Rams. I think their defense is just going to swallow up Haskins and, and the bunch. I think it's an easy win, uh, two touchdowns at least. Rams. Whew. Whew. All right. I got uh, Bills, Titans. Look, all eyes are going to be in the Bills here, right? You're leading in the division, but 
think about it. Josh Allen, a little bit of banged up, right, with the shoulder. Titans got a lot of time off, and now they're not COVID positive. Um, I think that because they're the healthier team here, they're going to stun the Bills. I think it's going to be 30-27. I, I, I do think that the Titans are going to come out and pull, pull a win here. I don't think that necessarily everything that's gone on, like, I – I don't think they're they're necessarily as bad as like people want to give them, you know, give them give them crap for. Like, yeah, you missed some kicks. Yeah, you missed some wide open throws. AJ Brown's got a bone bruise. Who knows he's going to come back? But that's not happening here this week. They're going to win. I mean, they are four and zero, so like they got that going for them. <laughs> uh, Eagles Steelers. Sorry, Eagles. I mean, it's just not your year. Um, maybe Wentz built up a little momentum coming off of this last win, going up against the Steelers team, has a little extra time off. You know, Ben's resting his old bones. Yep. <sighs> Probably doing seven. some weight watchers for like an extra week since you've been <laughs> crapping on him for how much weight he carries. Right. He's, he's <sighs> carrying around the field like a like a Ben like Roethlisberger a, from the like days of Like a field general. Like a field general. Something like that. Uh, yeah, this is this is the Steelers game to lose. Um, Eagles, you're just not there. You squeaked out a, a win against the, the a, a bad team. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, Steelers is this this one could be ugly. If you got uh, I I pick one game every week. We should probably sit the defense, and I think you should probably sit the Eagles defense. Maybe consider picking someone up because Ben's gonna put up a couple. They're uh, some of their team that was, you know, hobbling a little bit coming off of week threes can be well rested and ready to go. Um, yeah. Uh, Eagles defense is in trouble. Sorry, guys. Whoop, whoop. All right. Um, last week I said the Cardinals are going to thrash and it didn't happen. But this week the Cardinals are facing the Jets and the Jets are going to be 0 five after this game because the Cardinals are absolutely going to like take them to the brink. And I hope that by the end of week five, the New York Jets have a new football coach. That's all I'm going to say about that. Raiders Chiefs, uh, look, Gruden is not Belichick, but he is a great game planner in his heyday. So there's always a little glints of opportunity for him to kind of bring that back. We already talked about Derek Carr not throwing a single interception and Mahomes flirting with a couple uh, in the game against the Patriots. The Patriots and the Raiders defense are two different animals. I'm not trying to compare the two of those. I think this one's going to be closer than what we're expecting I think the reader, the Raiders float with the win or flirt with the win a little bit, but I think Chiefs end up taking this one too. I think you're looking at more of a, a Chargers Patriots style game, not a blowout like you would normally see. Um, I don't know if Clark can get out and, and put up some points early. You never know. I think the Chiefs are flirting with that that loss sometime in the next few weeks. The I don't know if the Raiders are those guys, but uh, this one this one will be close. But I, I think Chiefs are gonna. Squeak this one out. All right. I got Jags, Texans. Look, there's no Bill O'Brien here anymore. Romeo Cornell, the defense coordinator, is now the head coach. Defense is going to get right. Deshaun lets loose this week. Sorry, Jaguars fans. But the Texans are going to score 40. They're going to put a 40-burger on you. And the Jags, they're going to find a way to score 20-plus. Here's what I will say about this. Oftentimes, if you're in the same solar system as a great coach, Everyone believes that you must have learned something from them. We all make jokes about how some guy had coffee with Sean McVay and now he's a head coaching candidate. But everyone who's come from the Belichick coaching tree has not found success outside mm-hmm. of, of New England, with the exception of Brian Flores. And Brian Flores is not trying to be the GM. So Bill O'Brien thinking he's good enough to be the OC, the DC, the HC, 
the GM, the you down with OPP. It didn't work. Okay. And you wasted at least four games of Deshaun Watson, if not more. Yep. Stop trying to clone Bill Belichick. Just take what you learned from him that was good and put it into your system and yep. put your own spin on it. So I feel super bad for the Texans, but they're going to get right this week. Agreed. You see, you see that a lot with Bill. Bill is a generational coach. He's a unicorn. He's a unicorn. Who, who There's nothing with, else like them. Right. Who played with a generational quarterback who both are the best who probably have ever done it, or at least in the conversation. Bill is definitely the best who's ever done it. Tom Brady, if he's not there, he's like in the top three to do it. So that was like a perfect pairing. But everybody who has gone on is just you're not going you're you're not going to get that it'll be 10 20 years before we see another one of those so i agree cut cut the nonsense Bengals, ravens uh ravens easily uh i know burrows is finding his way but i think lamar is a little pissed off about the kansas city loss as you saw him come out last week and and take it out there. Uh, I think the he continues that run, takes care of the ball a little better. While the Bengals look good, they don't look, you know, Ravens, Chiefs, good. So, sorry, guys. Ravens by, I'm going to say a big one. Ravens by, I would say like 20 points. This one's going to get out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Ish. guys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, moving on. Panthers-Falcons. Look, if the Falcons can't win this game, Dan Quinn surely has to be on the hot seat or he's going to be surely fired. Okay, and that's why I think they're going to win here. Even though Julio is dealing with a hamstring injury, it's a soft tissue. He's trying to play through it. You got to let that dude sit. You got to let him heal because you need to play down the stretch. And I think that's what they're going to do here. They're going to have the ground game with Brian Hill, Todd Gurley. They're going to allow it to flourish. Matt's going to throw a couple touchdowns, and I think they're going to win this game. I think the Panthers keep it interessante. The Falcons are going to win this game. Dolphins, Niners, I keep trying to root, not root against, I keep trying to pick against the Niners because they're just so banged up. Uh, but I unfortunately learned this week that Kittle is back and better than ever. I sat him on my bench thinking that he was going to go under some sort of load management protocol, and that's the opposite of what happened. Yeah, it was just, it was the carry the whole load management. That's what it was. Oh, my God. It was, just, it was, it was terrible. 15 targets, 15 catches. What were Terrible. you doing? Terrible. My replacement got six points. It was bad. It was a bad day. Oh. I'm sad about it. I don't want to talk about it. But um, I keep thinking Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic era is you know on the decline, if not over. I don't think that's going to change this weekend. I think the Niners are going to come in. They're going to keep finding ways to squeak out these close games or wins. And I think this one ultimately becomes a win as well. All right. Giants, Cowboys, uh, bro, bro, bro. This is ain't, ain't no way the Cowboys, who are second in the division behind the Eagles at one, two, and one, are gonna lose this game this week to the Giants. Nah. I'm so sorry, Giants fans. <laughs> I understand that the Giants blitzed a ton last week against the Rams and they kept it close against Jared Goff, but uh, Dak is gonna throw for another 400 plus yards, and you're gonna feel like yeah. ass come Monday morning. I said what I said. Cowboys are winning. They're going to be two and three after this week. It's a good call. That 
You, you, you can. Oh, is it? <laughs> Let me look into my crystal ball. <laughs> you're gonna have two. You're gonna have two bad teams. But yeah, there's there's no way the Giants are gonna find a way to prevent a four or five hundred yard game and somehow outscore the Cowboys. That one's gonna get ugly. I might change my prediction earlier to say who you should sit. You should first of all, if you have the Giants defense still, you're an idiot, and you should probably <laughs> maybe hang up your fantasy. <laughs> cleats uh but if you have the giants for some unknown reason yeah don't shock them giants this week yeah yeah yeah. uh colts browns this one's an interesting one because they're both three and one uh the browns going into this season i thought was going to be like sort of a proving ground moment for mayfield it was either you know shit or get off the pot time part of my language this is an e for everybody podcast um but They've won three in a row. They're looking pretty good. OBJ is, I think he's found his spark again. I don't necessarily think they're going to come into this one and have all those little trick plays and everything else. They're not going to have the turnovers, so you're not going to see another 40-point-plus game. Uh, This one's going to be a little bit closer. Unfortunately, I think they're going to fall a little bit short of the Colts. The Colts seem to be, even though they've lost, you know, even though they, they lost recently, the the production was there. The gameplay was there. The game management was there. I think it's going to be just clean enough or just buttoned up enough. It'll be a close game, but I think the Colts ultimately take this one. Ooh-wee. All right. Broncos, Patriots. Look, Broncos won last week on Thursday Night Football. But they're not going to face the Jets again this week. They're going to face the Patriots, who should have Cameron, Jarrell, and Newton, number one, back. And that means the Pats are going to roll. They're pretty pissed off about last week. James White is back. Um, rest in peace to James White's father. Thank you uh, very much for coming out there and playing and saying that your dad would have wanted you to play. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to take the time, no one in New England would have thought differently. Um, that that offense and that defense, when it's going to click, it's, it's still going to be very scary. And the Broncos are going to win this game. All right, Pats by 14. Vikings versus the Seahawks. I don't know how I end up with the Seahawks every week, and I know I don't want it to be biased. You know what I mean? I don't want people to think I'm a homer. Fair enough. All right, I agree with that. So I'm gonna go Viking. No, I'm just kidding. It's oh, the get Seahawks. It. <laughs> it's the Seahawks. Who are we, who are we kidding? Uh, I'll, I'll gush for you. Russell Wilson's having one of the best career starts he's had in a very, very long time. I won't say ever, but I haven't looked at statistic-wise compared to his early years. But this one, he's definitely... stats don't matter. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely competing for MVP at this point. Um, Vikings came out strong. They looked like they were going to do some good things with Cousins and, and the team sort of doing their thing. Uh, but they're 1-3. The Seahawks are just steamrolling teams a la Jacksonville uh, Chiefs style. So... This is an easy win for the Seahawks. I think um, it's another one that might be interesting still into the third quarter. Going into the third quarter, I think some halftime adjustments from the Seahawks, and it's just, it'll get ugly in the second half. You know, the only team that uh, Kirk Cousins has beaten the Seahawks on is the Washington Redskins, Mm -hmm. who are no longer a team. They're the football team now. In in prime time now underneath the, Russ and Co. The Vikings haven't haven't found a way. Now I, I do think that they they do keep it wicked into Rosante, but I, I uh, going into the bye. Not to get off track, but 
Do you think they should just keep the Washington football team? I kind of like it. No, because like there's so many better names that are out there, and they're just trademarked. And the guy that owns the trademark lives in Alexandria. Yeah. He's, he's probably my neighbor. Like, yeah, but that know, would be the Dan Snyder, place. call on me. Let me go knock on this dude's door and just say, listen, I'm here on behalf of Mr. Snyder, and we are prepared to offer you $10.5 million. Just give us the name. Dude, if that guy cashes in $10 million for a, like, five-minute ordeal where he had to trademark all these things, that is insanity. I would give that dude a middle finger all day, every day, and say, you know what? <laughs> That's what Snyder's going to do, though. That's yeah, why it's going to stay the Washington, Washington football, football team. team. So, cool. <laughs> Take your uh, whatever it costs you. Let's say it costs you. It probably cost him in all, we'll call it like $2,500, give or take. Probably probably not. It's probably less than that. But let's say it was $2,500. I don't care. That dude is getting the biggest foam middle finger that I, I would make my gift shop print foam middle fingers so that I could show up at his doorstep. And just put them up and say, hey, thank you for supporting the Washington football team. We are the Washington football team. Come out and join us. I would even throw them some tickets just and some free swag that said the Washington football team and just roll with that forever. Ugh. Sorry. I bet he is my neighbor, though. I mean, this, is, this is a small city. He's probably around here somewhere flaunting it. Probably got a whole bunch of buck, you know, bumper stickers on his car or something like that. All right. I got Monday Night Football. Chargers, Saints. Look, is it just me, or do we just keep collectively seeing the Saints getting chances to play in primetime? Like Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night... Like, come on. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be any different this week, okay? Michael Thomas, if you're listening to this podcast, please start. My fantasy oh my God, team I need you. you so bad. <laughs> but the, your team needs you, okay? Your team needs you. Now, Look Austin Eckler from the we, Chargers... We, we, hold on, real quick. We both got to say, because we know there's going to be people, it's just football, it's not... We understand. Life first, health first. Yeah. Oh my God, please start. I'm praying start. to the football gods. I'm going to sacrifice a uh, pigskin in the backyard tonight in your name. Light, light it on fire. All right. Sorry, oh, 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 say, say some chant. You do what you got to do. It's um, 2020. I, it's 2020. I had to clarify before we went any further because. Yeah. It's Thanks. 2020. 2020. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to Van Halen. Jesus. Hmm. Year sucks. Although I did see a meme the other day. I said that uh, in 2020, we're now in the fourth quarter, and 2020 should be like the Atlanta Falcons. So we should be able to pull out a win here. That's what the internet collectively is saying. We'll see. I think the, do, I think the Saints do eke it out here, though. You know what I mean? Uh, Austin Eckler, unfortunately, has a hamstring injury. He was already on crutches. His hyperextended knee is probably going to mean that they're going to go to Justin Jackson and, and Joshua Kelly, and the Saints do have enough firepower. So I do think the Saints are going to eke it out. But I like what Herbert's doing. Um, but I think the Saints win it here. So that is it. That is week five. It's in the books, which brings us to that time that we talk about beers, which is water, malted barley, hops, and yeast that are local to us in our different states that you might find and imbibe on and enjoy yourself. It mm. is what's in my cup. I know we said we were going to get into what's in my cup here. I think we need to go ahead and say, and say this right now. Seattle Storm, WNBA champions, again, fourth time. Um, you you look at what that team is is composed like, and again, if you if you listen back to a couple of the other pods, 
Chelsea and I saw them defeat the Washington Mystics here in Virginia a couple of years ago. Then they didn't, they didn't actually play last year's final because Brianna Stewart tore her Achilles. But you got Stewie, you got Sue Bird, arguably one of the greatest WNBA players ever. You could, I mean, you could say Diana Taurasi is up there because they are. They're they're the dream team. But they swept the series. <laughs> like there is getting to be a little bit of a WNBA basketball dynasty in the Pacific Northwest. I am a fan of it. I am here for it. Congratulations, Seattle Storm. And now, let's get into what's in my cup. Tim, I noticed that you've been drinking a lot more IPAs lately. Have you, like, talked to your doctor lately? Has he told you that you need more, like, double dry hops in your life? Like, wh what has been the catalyst here? Because you moved away from sours and stouts, and now you're getting into the double hops. And I I'm all for it. But I want to make sure you're doing this for you and not for the pod. Or me. I like to keep it eclectic i like to switch it up a little bit i have in the fridge right now a vanilla coffee stout um so i, I mean ah, it just happens to be so this this can it's called the glitter party it's from a brewery close by called hog river um they're one of the ones you know they make a couple sours that i really like they make one called gobble funk that's really good if you're trying to get into sours and you may not be sort of the biggest fan i think that's a good sort of intro it's not too sour um it's not too i don't even know how i would necessarily describe it but it's more tart than sour i'll say that so that was a good intro they do another one that's i, I don't know the name of it but it's made with blueberries that one's pretty good so i always throw them a bone i used to work at a brewery called black hog brewing so the two of us used to get confused all the time and whenever we went to beer events we would always find each other and swap beers because we inevitably knew that that was going to happen. But it's a really cool spot downtown. Um, the beers are are pretty decent. Um, you know, as much as I like the the brewery and you know the people who work there, their beers can be somewhat hit or miss. There's been more than one occasion I've I've grabbed one that was you know unfortunately a little flat or or something like that. So they've they've managed a lot of that consistency issues that they were having. Um, and they're they're hit or miss. So let's. I I tend to find with Connecticut breweries that a lot of them don't fully adopt the IPA style. They all want to make one because that's what sells. And some of them who really want to make one haven't quite dialed it in with some of the big competitors. Now there are some, you know, all star. IPAs that come out of here, like Fox Farm is the name for one of uh, of one of them. Uh, New England Brewing does okay. Back East does one called the Ice Cream Man that people fawn over all the time. So there are some here. All the other breweries tend to all live in the same sort of middle ground place where some of their beers that aren't IPAs tend to be their specialty, and the IPAs that they do put out tend to be serviceable but not something I'm going to go wait in line for, per se. Uh, Skygazer is another one that puts out just phenomenal IPAs. It's unfortunately hard to get because of small production. And Hog River tends to be one of those. Puts out great beers, but a ton of the ones they put out are like, I don't know if I necessarily have had a bad beer from them, but they're not in the same class as some of the other ones like Fox Farm. So, um, Glitter Party. Double IPA. Cheers. Cheers, man. Not bad. Not bad. It, um, a little smooth on the tongue. It's got a nice pillowy mouthfeel. 
Um, it has that sort of very opaque sort of amber color you see in like a New England IPA. It's surprisingly a little bit more bitter than I was expecting. It uh, starts off with a little bit of that citrus punch and then comes out with like a very great fruity bitter. Um, but, you know, not bad. I'll give it a... A three six. Three six. Three six. Yeah. I guess if you say not bad, I, I guess that's what I would. I mean, probably middle of, the road, middle of the road is a three, right? That's perfectly middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, out of five, I guess you could say that. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, all right. First of all, we got to talk about your sliding scale that you gave us. Oh, uh, no, never, no, 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 no. You never give below a three point five. That's like yeah, three, saying, a three seven five, three seven five. What? You never get yeah. below a three seven five. That's like somebody unless it's down. good or unless it's bad. Now, ah. th- don't worry. I I, I ah. gave God Light like a two five, so the, the system ah. is not in jeopardy. Ah. No, 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 no. That's like going in and sitting down for your like employment review and not getting a five because you can't ever get a five because that means there's no room for improvement. No, what you're doing <laughs> is you're skewing your. That's scale. what you say about the beers that you rate. You know that, right? So, nah, nah, like I. I mean, I've I've had plenty of threes, I've had plenty of twos, and I've had a couple a couple ones. But uh, this is a podcast for the people. We can't mislead the podcast people. Podcast for the no people. more no more three seven fives. If that shit is mediocre and that is middle of the road, it gets a three, not a four. That would be your medium. Wow, your middle of the road is no, it's not even a four. Your middle of the gr- middle ground is like a four two five. No. If five no. is the top end and three seven five is the lowest you'll get one, that I'm going to untap right now to, to see to see my my basic rating. Okay, I'm call I'm calling three. them out, guys. And if you agree with me, <laughs> go ahead and comment on all the social medias <laughs> that that sliding scale is bunk. So basically, if he gives a three seven five, you know that beer is not the best beer he's ever had. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Three eight nine is my uh, average rating on untapped. So there you go. <laughs> There you I, go. I All right, lots this, of catch up to do. Yeah, this week I got Telstar eight from Charlestown Fermentary, Charleston, South Carolina. Look, they make good IPAs, lagers. Really, really big fan of this. This is Double India Pale Ale, Vic Secret, Mosaic Cryo, and HBC six ninety two. I don't even know what that hop is. They just they just named it. Eight point two percent alcohol by volume. Here we go. Tim, we are almost at a quarter of a century of podcasts, and we are just flying right along. I should take the drink, give it a rating, not go ahead and let it fly by like you're saying you're going to let me do. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. While you're doing I, that, I always got to smell twice and take one sip. While you're doing that, I've given a, I've given several 2.0 rating. Why would you even finish the beer, Miss 2.0? To me, that's not worth it. Because you never waste the beer. It's in front of you, and I'm not going to send it back. Uh, I, I like this one a lot. I'm going to give it a 425. But you, you knew would. that already. Of course you would. <laughs> I've given lots of two, two sevens or, or two seven fives. Why would you give a beer? Like, how could you really tell like how shitty a beer is or how not shitty a beer is between a two and a two seven five? They're real terrible. Yeah, they're terrible, but there's different levels of terrible. Three, you got to remember on a one. But it's zero to five scale. Three is the middle ground. So three is like, of all the beers I've ever had, three is like perfectly 
middle of the road. So that's not, it shouldn't be looked at as a bad rating. It's just fine. So I've had beers that are like just below fine where I'm like, all right, if this didn't have this bitter in it, or if it didn't taste this much like shit, <laughs> I would give it a, I would give it a three. Um, I mean, a one is really bad. A one is usually like a homebrew that something went wrong in the fermentation process or the batch itself. Like I've had a one beer and that was a bourbon County. What year was it? 2015 or 2016. It was an infected batch. Affected batch. Mm-hmm. It was a batch with a contaminant in it. And I let it sit for a while. And some people were like, Oh, I know you could look up the serial number. I was too lazy. So I was like, I'm just going to open it and try it. If it's a bad beer, I already missed the return window to get a, my refund. So I'm just going to open this thing and give it a shot. That was bad. It was like a coffee sour. And that, my friends, that ain't good. So that would have gotten a one or below. But the lowest beer I have ever rated is an Irish Irish whiskey finish from uh, Innocent Gun, which I generally like Innocent Gun. Not that one. That one was really, really bad. Uh, years ago, back in 2014, I have a slightly adjusted palate now, so maybe better now but lowest so lowest lowest rated beer i have in my untap ready for this yeah coming in at, at, at a two out of five bud heavy curves light four star pills from goose island this is terrible such a bad strawberry milkshake one of those fruit ipa beers it was just absolutely atrocious yeah uh goose ipa sam adams pork porch rocker stone saison du buff uh red stripe pacifico so you 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 put two your threshold for like domestic beers pretty much well i mean you know i mean it's so bad that like i have to give it a rating but it is definitely not earning a 3.75 a but a butt heavy does not taste that great it doesn't even like it's not even worth my time unless i have a burger <laughs> although, then, you know although we do have to say for all you guys who are slugging bud heavies on the fourth of july in the america cans this is pandering remember that those cans are not from america (gasps) it's not not an american-owned company anymore oh my god but it's craft beer there's a war coming it's wine and spirit it's part of a international conglomerate where the majority owners are not they're Belgians. This is a crazy thing. I saw something on, on Beer Twitter today. Cans are a lie. Yeah. It's all a lie. I, I saw something on Beer Twitter today. I thought it was hilarious. This yeah. guy said, I went to a Belgian brewery, and the guy said to me when I ordered uh, an IPA, look, Belgians care about the way they brew their beers, but they don't hype them up. They couldn't care about serving them. Americans care about serving in the hype of the beer, not how they get brewed. And he said the irony yeah. was he handed me a hazy IPA. In Belgium, <laughs> like, but if you've ever had any Belgian beers like uh, Orville or Duchess de Bourgogne, like uh, anything from Cantillon, like they're just amazing beers, right? They, they put yeah. so much effort into brewing it and then nothing into marketing it. In yeah. here, in America, other way, totally. So there is always going to be that those people like me who are real ornery and will give a domestic, you know, macro beer. A 2.0, just because. That's just the way it goes, Tim. 
I, I can't judge because them's the rules. Set. I didn't write them. I just follow them. I, I mean, I can't judge. You got to set a precedent. I'm just saying your your three seven five is bullshit. But for me, I mean, I love a good high life. I do. I almost always have high life in the fridge. Can you a- please name the title of this episode? Your three seven five is bullshit. Yeah, I will. One hundred percent. Yes. No, please do um, it. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's true. If you're going to give, you've established your low baseline as two being like domestic macro beers. So a three is like a high end, slightly micro brewed beer, but not craft beer. Guess what I gave High Life for a rating? A 2.5 fucking wrong three and a half i gave it a three and a half i only rated it just slightly below what my baseline rating is i love high life okay it's just certain types of beers yeah no i'm just saying if 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 two is your bottom line 3.75 shouldn't be like your cutoff don't be afraid man don't be a big p (sighs) objection leading the witness objection leading the witness all right all right, all right, all right, all right, 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 all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, definitely watch the gentleman on uh, on demand or Netflix if you haven't seen it. Definitely watch uh, or nothing Manchester City on Amazon Prime. Definitely watch the boys. Definitely support your local craft brews. Definitely continue to download the Stats and Matter podcast. We appreciate all of the listeners and all the continuing fans. Um, next stats don't matter <laughs> for your fantasy and on this podcast. And go out, register to vote. That's what you got to do. You don't look, you don't have to be for a certain political party or a certain political mindset, but 30% of people didn't vote in 2016. 30%. (laughs) If you were given November 4th or November 3rd off as a holiday, and 30% of your workforce was like, nah, fam, I'm good. I'm just going to stay in and and binge watch shows all day and and not cast my, my right to vote. You don't really have a voice for the next four years. So just go do it. Vote, get your sticker, and then you can complain to all the people you want to argue with on social media anyways. It's a win-win situation. But thank you very much for everyone who's been downloading, listening, getting the two podcasts a week, hearing Tim and I, supporting Tim and I. Hopefully most Mm -hmm. of you are Seahawks fans. But if not, we'll make you that way. Yeah, man, we love and appreciate you guys. We're seeing the constant growth. We're seeing the constant downloads. Uh, Sam and I, uh, or at least I obsessively monitor over that stuff to kind of get a gauge for, I mean, it's the closest way, you know, we have to see and understand how you guys are taking this in, whether or not you guys are enjoying it. And from what I can tell, it seems like, you know, at least a good portion of you guys are. So we say it every podcast, we'll continue to say it every podcast. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Um, quick note to add to Sam's watch list. You got to watch the playbook on Netflix. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's basically the rules of life given by a coach. Uh, hmm. The first one starts with Doc Rivers, and then it goes through a couple other coaches, including um, the American Women's Soccer League coach. It goes through uh, man. each episode. It's basically a different coach, and they tell you their upbringing and their way that they live their life but through the lens of sports so it's phenomenal uh they got some great 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 advice in there so um take a look at that but 
regarding the podcast you guys are amazing we love you guys this is why we do it to labor of love we get literally nothing out of this so nothing yeah i mean no ad revenue point, from uh male enhancement pills no ad revenue from <laughs> <laughs> from razor blades or anything else or you know send send us your money by mail none of that we just do it because we want to bring you what wait are we are we a craft podcast we we're a crap we're a micro podcast that's what we are uh, we're going against micro. the big we, we can't be micro we can't be micro because micro can be owned by 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 the big boys we gotta be oh, terrible independently owned independently owned craft podcast hell yeah hell freaking yeah that's my philip freaking rivers voice all right we will talk to you guys and gals next episode go download it share it like it subscribe give us this 5.0 ratings follow us on the socials do all the things i mean obviously you know be present in your life but you know on tuesdays and fridays when the episode drops just go ahead and download them and and do whatever you got to do let's keep this thing going let's go boys also remember 3.75 is bullshit <laughs> peace